Oh, man. Who's hungry for the word today? So I'm fired up. I, I, I'm so excited um, just to kind of set, the, set things in order or kind of set things up here. We are in the middle of a message series that we've been uh, speaking on for the last number of weeks. This message series is called The Power Of, and uh, we've been talking about how God has created us to live a life of power. He's given us his spirit, and he's given us the power to be able to walk out a life that, is, that doesn't look like a normal life of somebody who just lives in this world and is influenced by this world. God's told us that we're to be in the world, but not of the world. And a lot of times what we see are people who, you know, get saved and get filled with the Spirit of God, but begin to walk and live their life in such a way that it doesn't look a whole lot different than all of the limitations and the boundaries and the oppressions of what people in the world that don't have the Spirit of God are bound up by. And that's not the way that we're called to move forward. God said, look, I'm giving you my spirit. I'm giving you that power so that you can live a life that looks differently. We've become citizens of a heavenly kingdom because of what Jesus has done for us when we accept the life that he gave for us, when we accept his love. We become citizens of a heavenly kingdom. We're no longer citizens of an earthly kingdom that's ruled by Satan, the prince of the power of the air. Jesus said this, he says that you will have tribulation in this world, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. Overcome, an overcomer. Can I tell you something today? That you are an overcomer as a child of God. That's part of your spiritual DNA. That's part of who you are. So when Jesus says, don't worry, you're going to have tribulation, but don't worry because I've overcome the world. What he's saying is, is that I've come down from heaven and I have introduced a new kingdom, my father's kingdom, into this world. I've brought the full reign and the full authority of that kingdom with me and I have turned over on its end and subdued Satan's earthly kingdom, his earthly reign, and I have subdued that, we've overcome that, and I'm now giving you that same power and authority to live every day as what? an overcomer. And that's something. And so, yes, he tells us straight up, we're going to have trial, we're going to have tribulation, we're going to have difficulty. There is still a fallenness, a, a fallen nature to this broken world that we live in. However, we're not to have fear. We're not to have worry because we actually have him who lives in us who has already overcome all the things of this world and that that power is the power that we ought to be living from every single day in our lives. That power ought to influence our actions. That power ought to influence our thoughts. That power ought to influence the way that we speak. And that's where we're kind of at today. We talked about the power of words last week. We didn't get a chance to finish that message. And so we're going to complete that today. We're going to kind of continue on from where we left off. But if you weren't with us, one of the things that we talked about is how important what we say, the words that leave our mouth are to how they affect the atmosphere of the world around us. Jesus said that the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. He said the kingdom of heaven has come near to you. 
So when he was speaking to them, the words that he was declaring, they weren't just empty words. They weren't just flippant words. They were actually words that were filled with the Spirit of God, with the life of God, with the power of God. So when he was speaking to them, he was literally releasing the kingdom of heaven over them. So he's saying, listen, the words that you speak are important. They are critical to what they're doing, what they're accomplishing in the atmosphere of the world around you. We have the ability to speak and declare things that are spoken from a place of faith. And when we declare the truth of what the word of God is saying about who we are and the authority that we have, we are literally seeing that power and that authority come forth and change the atmosphere of everything around us where we go. And we know that Zacharias learned this lesson in a hard way because the Bible says that we have, our words have the power to build up or tear down, to create or destroy. So just as, same, just as uh, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing, both death and life are in the power of the tongue. So whenever we speak, we can speak also words that are filled with doubt that conflict and contradict what the Word of God actually says about our identity, who we are, our rightful position as we stand as heirs with Christ. We can say things out of a mouth where a Spirit of God lives that are completely conflicting and contrary to His truth, and then it can begin to tear down and destroy the works that God is wanting to do in our lives. And Zacharias learned this lesson the hard way because when the angel Gabriel came to him and said, you're going to have a son, his name's going to be John, and he started to basically have doubt. His response was, I'm well advanced in years, I'm old, and, and my wife's even older, right? No, he didn't say it like that, but he said, we're both well advanced in years. And, uh, and so the angel Gabriel said, well, listen, we can't afford to have this kind of talk. We can't afford to have these kind of words coming out and, and beginning to bring doubt and begin to tear down the work that God wants to do. This is just too important. So we're just going to shut you up. We're going to seal your lips and you're going to be mute and you're going to stay that way. You're going to stay silent for the next couple of years until this child finally gets to a place of infancy and then we'll see the words begin to come off of your mouth again. So he learned that when you speak words of doubt and, and despair and, and lack of faith that it can totally change the situation for the negative just the same way that words of faith and hope can build something up. We contrasted that message from Zacharias, that, le that lesson from Zacharias to the vision that Ezekiel had in chapter 37 where he went out into a valley of dry bones. There was lifelessness. There was death. There was barrenness, decay, dryness. There was nothing there that was living. But God said to him, can these bones live? And he said, I want you to do this. I want you to prophesy to these bones. I want you to prophesy to the breath of God. And as you do, the life is going to begin to come. And these dead things are going to be able to rise up and they're going to have life. Not because of anything you're doing out of your own hand, because I am speaking to you the words. I'm putting the words in your mouth that you will speak to this situation. And when you do, my hand of power will come upon it. And that which is dead is going to be able to live. Isn't that something? The power of our words to create and destroy. God said to the prophet Jeremiah, he said, I'm going to put my words in your mouth. See this. I stand ready to perform my word. Isn't that something? So God's 
God, the, the whole idea here, guys, is that God is actually giving us the words that we should speak to declare over our situation. And just as he said to Jeremiah, he's saying to us today, when you speak what I've already spoken and you speak it from a place of faith, I stand ready for my power to come forth and perform that which my word has already declared. And that is the authority and the power that we have the ability to live from. Now, I want to show you something today that I think is so rich uh, and incredibly profound that we have got to get a revelation about when it comes to speaking the words that God would have us to speak. Because we know that in the book of James, as we discussed last week, it says that, you know, the tongue is, a, is an untamable thing. It brings forth unruly evil, and no man is able to tame the tongue. And so there's this wrestle, there's this fight that we have because we are in, in this human flesh to where the words that would come out of our mouth, there, there's a tendency for them to be bent towards the direction of not being in line with what God says about us. And, but we are to, to live in a way where we can try to tame the tongue so that the words that we're speaking are consistent and in line with what God's word has already said. And Jesus modeled this perfectly for us. The, the power and the ability is in you to be able to speak consistently in line with what heaven has already declared. It's in you. And it doesn't mean we're going to walk this out perfectly, but we need to recognize how, how important, how necessary it is for us to be good stewards, if you will, of the words that we are allowing to leave our lips to affect the atmosphere, the landscape of the life that we're living around us. And Jesus modeled this perfectly. There's uh, a setting in the book of John, the Gospel of John, and the later chapters of this where um, it's very profound. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples about the fact that he's getting ready to, to go to the cross, that he's getting ready to suffer and die, and he's going to leave them. He's physically in their presence right now. And so he's speaking to them about what's getting ready to occur. They're kind of partway getting it, not fully getting it. Um, but it's very important because he's introducing the idea that there's going to be a helper, that he's going to send his Holy Spirit in the days ahead, and that the Holy Spirit is going to be the key to them being able to accomplish their purpose, to them being able to walk out their lives from a place of power and authority, which Jesus himself had came to be able to unleash uh, and to be able to give them. And so open your Bible, if you have it with you, to the book of John, chapter 12. And I'm going to kind of move through some different passages here in John. Because I want you to see this lesson that I believe Jesus is giving here about where the power is going to come from for them to be able to speak the words that they need to be speaking. So we'll start off in verses 49 and 50 in chapter 12. It says, For I have not spoken on my own authority... But the Father who sent me 
gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Go also to chapter 14, verse 10. He says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. So he's saying to them that everything he is declaring, everything he is speaking, he's not actually speaking on his own. That the Father is already given him the words, have, has already put in him the words which he is declaring and speaking over them. This is so important because Jesus, he's, he's God, right, in human flesh, but he's, he's giving an example. He's saying that I am God in human flesh, but I am demonstrating for you in this life that I am living and that I'm walking among you. That even I, the words that I am speaking, the words that I am declaring, every single word that is coming out of my mouth, that's leaving my lips, every single word has already been given to me by the Father who is in heaven. It's a powerful thing. He's saying, look, it's, it's coming from a source. The things that I'm saying and that I'm speaking are coming from heaven. They're being given to me already. So I'm not saying anything to you that hasn't been spoken in heaven, that hasn't been given to me. And everything that God has given me to say is exactly what it is that I'm declaring to you. And that's the same way that we're going to begin to see that we're to live in the way that we speak our words and the place that our words are going to come from. Now jump down here in chapter 14 to verse 16. And he begins to talk about the Holy Spirit that he's getting ready to send. Jesus says, And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he, would, he dwells with you and will be in you. Did you get that? He dwells with you and will be in you. He's sitting here giving them this whole breakdown of about what I'm speaking to you, I'm not even speaking on my own authority. It's been given to me from heaven. And then he's introducing the idea that he is going to leave them. He's physically in their presence right now, but he is getting ready to leave them. But he's, there's a promise, there is a hope to come that's even greater. In fact, Jesus even said, it's better for you that I go so that the helper can come. Because Jesus was with them, walking among them in physical presence, but the Holy Spirit would come and actually live in them. Do you get the difference, the game-changing nature of what was about ready to occur? So you got to get the full picture of how God has spoke to man through all of eternity, okay? In the beginning, back in the time with Adam and Eve, God created man, and there was a sense of he spoke to them. There was a, his voice. He spoke, and they could hear him speaking. 
And then in the Old Testament, we see that God would speak to people through prophets. He would use prophets who were appointed and who were anointed by God to be able to, he would give them words, and then they would speak it to the people over the nation, and then they would hear the words and know what the will of God and the direction of God was for their lives. This was all the way up until Jesus comes. Now, Jesus comes, and there's another way, another dynamic, if you will, of how God is speaking to man. Jesus, God in human flesh, is walking among them on the earth, and he's speaking just kind of like I'm speaking to you right now. He's releasing words, but his words are full of spirit, and they're full of life, but he's speaking to them, and they're hearing his words audibly in his presence. That's how he's communicating to them, but there is a new way of speaking that Jesus is introducing to them that's going to come by the Holy Spirit who will come and that God's going to put inside of them to live. And then he will then become the source, the messenger of God's truth to be able to declare to us from then on out what it is that God is saying and what he is speaking to his people. The Bible says in the book of Romans that the Spirit, Spirit of God, bears witness with our spirit. So we're spirit beings, but the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. So when God speaks, his spirit is literally bearing witness, is literally revealing to our spirit his truth so that it builds us up and, and builds up our faith. And then we begin to speak from a place that is coming out of a consistency, out of an alignment with what God has already now said to us. Isn't that something? The way God speaks the way he gives us his words, and then he asks us to be able to, to, to go forth and to speak and to use our words, just like Jesus demonstrated, where the words we're using are words that are all true, consistent, and aligned with what this book right here says about who we are. You see, in the Bible, in the New Testament, the, the Greek, they use two different words in the Greek uh, for word. In the English language, when we interpret it, it's, it's just word in both versions. But the Greek terminology for word, one is called logos and one is called rhema. Oh man, I feel this coming today, rhema. Okay, so listen. Logos is the general word of God. It, it's, it's this book right here, the inspired Word of God, uh, the, the book of Luke in chapter 8, where it talks about the parable of the sower, and it says the word is seed, it uses the word logos. The, the, the Bible also uses the word logos to describe Jesus, when it says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. By him all things were formed, and through him nothing that was formed was, right? So that is talking about Jesus there. And it's also talking about seed, the general inspired word of God. But rhema is, when it's used, is the actual word of God that is quickened into our spirit. It is the personalized version given and delivered directly to our spirit by the spirit of truth, the messenger of truth, who lives and abides inside of us. You got to have a rhema to activate the logos. Are you with me? 
I mean, you've got the Word of God right here. It's full. But when we read the Word and we hear God speak it to us, it becomes rhema. It's quickened in our spirit. And the Spirit of truth who lives in us bears witness with our spirit. And it deposits. It, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, rhema of God. So the Spirit of God quickens it, speaks it to our spirit. And then, boom, a place of substance of faith is established in our spirit, and we can now begin to speak from, to live from, and to walk from that foundation which has now been imparted into us. Rhema. Rhema. Isn't that amazing? Thank God for rhema. Now listen, go in John and go a little bit further and jump over to chapter 16, verse 12. He says, Now, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Time out. What is that? What is he indicating? He's still going to continue to speak to us. You know, there's people that believe God doesn't speak today, that he doesn't speak to his people, that he doesn't speak to his children. I mean, if you read this, he says, I have many things to say to you. This is, again, now Jesus God in human flesh talking to them, but you can't bear them now, so this way of communicating isn't going to last any forever. It is, it's going to change. Verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. Is this sounding familiar? But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Hallelujah. See, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, is speaking today. He's wanting to speak to you and declare to you his truth but you have to hear it so when it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God it's not logos it's rhema wow praise God for that it's rhema he's saying look the spirit of God is in you you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, the free gift of grace, of salvation, of forgiveness, it's yours now. You're an heir with Christ. That spirit is living in you. And now that spirit wants to declare to you, wants to speak to you the words of our Father God, wants to declare and speak to you the words of life to your soul, to your spirit, so that they may bring forth life in your li- your purpose and in your destiny, the way that God has created you to walk in and live from. So you say, well, okay, God, Rama, I get it. You're going to reveal your word to me. You're going to speak to me and declare things, and it's going to be a quickening in my spirit. It's not going to be like the, the, the logos. It's going to be the revealed word by your spirit in me, a supernatural thing. But how do I continue, how do I continue to do that? How do I continue to pursue that? Listen, this is what you've got to understand. 
that God will speak to those who are close to him. That as you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And so hearing the voice of God, having the rhema of God active in our lives is a complete byproduct of intimacy and relationship. The closer that we are with him, the more time that we spend with him, the more his voice becomes clear and the more it becomes sharp, active, alive, powerful, penetrable into every single area of our lives. You know, think about this. If, if you were to go and move to another country for a while, let's say, and they spoke a different language and had a completely different accent, if you lived there long enough and you were around those people long enough, eventually, at some point, you would start to talk more and more like them. You with me? I mean, you'd come back here. If you came back to the States in five or ten years, you'd probably have a little accent, and you'd probably know a lot more of the language from this distant country that you were just in because you were in it for a long time, and you were around it so frequently and so much. Right? Have you ever heard JJ speak Spanish? Throw something out there just real quick. Yes, I don't know. It's just that, yeah. So he still got it because he spent time in Mexico. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny. But he lived in Mexico, and he grew up there, and he was around the culture and the language, right? And so he still speaks it pretty fluently and pretty well. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that if we want to speak words of life, speak words that create, to build up, to edify, not tear down, guess what? We need to be around the one. We need to be in the presence of the one often and frequently so that we hear his voice so much, so much often that it begins to influence and affect the way we're talking because we are around it. We just can't help from all of a sudden it begins to affect what's coming out of our mind. That's exactly how we walk and live from a place of power with how our words are coming out of our mouth. Are you with me? Spending time with God, getting in his presence, reading this word. You know, when you open this up and you begin to read the inspired word of God, of nothing else can this be said, that these words are all full of the life of God. You see, when Luke chapter 8 says of the parable of the sower that the word is seed, logos, He's saying that every single word has the full capacity to do exactly what God has spoken and the power that he's given it to be able to come. But it isn't until it gets a rhema, it gets a quickening in your spirit that that seed breaks its shell. It takes root in the soil of your heart and then begins to grow into something healthy that bears fruit and changes the whole landscape of the life around you. The logos is here. And as we read it and we take it in and we spend time with God in this precious word that he's given us, his spirit 
makes this thing alive in us. And once it becomes alive, then we won't doubt and we can begin to live from a place of faith, which is a place of power. And that which we declare, which we say, that lines up with what heaven has already said, is that forerunner that ushers in the power that comes from God right behind those words that we're speaking, just like when Jesus spoke them. And then the kingdom of heaven comes in with its full reign, begins to overturn, subdue, and flip on in what the kingdom of this world is trying to do to subdue us as we walk among it hallelujah the words that we speak have already been given to us we just need to declare them we need for the spirit of god to make them alive and and real on the inside of us so that we speak from a place that lines up with and is consistent with what god has already said amen Stand to your feet with me today, please. Again, it's when we speak to our situations, I mean, thinking about this, I think I said this last week, but Jesus, like, he spoke to people. But he spoke to storms, and he spoke to trees, and he spoke to demons, right? Like the authority of what words can do was exercised not just in communication with people, but in bringing, creating things in his, or or in the atmosphere around him. And as we speak, our words have the ability to do the same thing. And you might say, you know, Pastor, I mean, I've spoken some things. I felt like I've really tried to do that and speak over my situation. And, you know, I just haven't really seen anything happen or whatever. Look, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, it says that my word will not return to me void. Oh, man. I can't promise you that you're going to understand and see in the natural everything that God is doing in the supernatural. I can't say that to you. But what I can say is what I already know, which is what has already been said, which is already alive now in me, that God's word will not return void. When you speak and declare things that are truth, consistent with heaven into your life, into your situation, they will change the outcome of things. They will impact your surroundings. And you'll never be able to see in the natural all that's happening in the supernatural. But that's where by faith you accept and know that what you've spoken is affecting that which is happening around you. And you can trust in an all-knowing, all-powerful, loving Father to be working things out in your scene for your good. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord. If I've spoken it and I've declared it over my situation, uh, there's a peace, there's a strength because I know God is, is doing that which he has already declared now in my life. The logos has become rhema and it is active and powerful in what God is doing in and through me and around me now. Praise God. You say, listen, I'm looking at situations where my 
job is, maybe, I'm maybe losing my job, or I'm struggling with my finances, or I'm just, I'm feeling really depressed, a lot of relationships are going wrong, the enemy's coming against me, in the world, you will have tribulation, right? Listen, you begin to speak and you begin to declare. It'll change the way you begin to look at things and the way you walk in things. You say things like, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. There's no weapon that will form against me that will prosper. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I submit to God and resist the devil, he will flee from me. He has given me an abundance for every good work that he's called me to do. He will open up the windows of heaven, his good treasure, and he will bring forth the rain in its season in my life. He will bless all the work that my hand is put to do. You see what I'm talking about? You're speaking words. These aren't empty words. These aren't personal thoughts of self-help. This is the word of God. It's the living sharper than a two-edged sword. Living word of God that is already now alive in me. That's coming forth and it's changing the situation that I'm seeing in my life. That's how we live from power in the way we speak.